And now, um, I believe it's the case that, you know, in 1997, Tony Blair got far more working class votes than Jeremy Corbyn did in 2017, despite being, but despite Corbyn having a dramatically more, you know, you know, if you, (laughs) to say it in a Marxist way, like objectively pro working class, uh, platform. Right. And so, so Piketty has an interesting theory about this, right? Uh, So, so it works like this. Um, as we know, education is probably the best way to raise uh, the overall welfare of a nation, right? So uh, starting uh, in the U.S., it was before that, but in, in Western Europe, after the war, massive investments in education and the public education and universities. And so you raise an entire class of people who are very educated and um, they tend to vote for the social democratic party, right? Uh, because these are the policies that they find rational and they have an attachment to that. But the problem is this, you have these, and you know, this is something that's funny because when you're French, you always knew that the socialist party was the party of your professors in class, you know, like all the professors, <laughs> guilty, like, guilty. Like, you know, you're like all the professors, like they're, yeah, they're socialists. Of course they're socialists. Um, you know, and with the occasional Trotskyist who was doing entryism and stuff, something like that. Um, so it's the party of Brahmin, it's, the Brahmin left is that it's those, those highly educated elites, um, who became elite because of redistributive policies. But the effect of that, the outcome of that is that, uh, the social democratic parties had to, um, represent these the the interests and the desires of people who in the end had very little in common with their parents who were workers uh and the divorce between the working class and the social democratic party is something pkd traces that to like the early 80s so right at an interesting moment in the history of capitalism um and it seems that there's a drift in the social democratic parties Towards, you know, the politics of, well, what he calls the Brahmin left, enlightened, uh, self-interest, globalization, um, competition is okay because we have the tools in a, an economy that is moving towards, uh, knowledge and where, where there's a, there's a premium for knowledge and the, in the knowledge economy. And so knowledge workers, cultural workers tend to do well. Um, I mean, as we know, sort of. Uh, so, so is this it, M- Macron and Mayor Pete basically representing or what? How would you? <laughs> so it's kind of funny because Macron in the end is very much like to PKT. He is, is sort of like the, the lab grown synthesis of the Brahmin left and is what he calls the mercantile right. Uh, so opposite in the elite, opposite the Brahmin left, you have the old money that lives off of its uh, owning assets. Uh, so this is the mercantile right. Uh, and you see that division in the U.S. as well, where the mercantile right is more uh, directly represented by the Republican Party, whereas the Brahmin left is more represented by uh, Mayor Pete and uh, the sort of uh, the centrist Democratic Party. Um, and so this convergence of constituencies. Macron represents that convergence of constituencies. To be fair, uh, there were some political scientists in France uh, a year and a half ago who had described that interesting 
a recombination of the political field. They're called uh, uh, Amable and um, uh, what's his name? Ah, I, I, I we can I'll catch look it up. Yeah, it's a uh, but but there's been a discussion of you know the sort of the knowledge Brahmin Brahmin left joining up with the mercantile right uh, to promote globalization and this is you know this is our jam right this is this is right where we fit and we want to have a discussion because uh, what does it mean for the workers and for the constituencies that uh, are not necessarily represent whose interests it's not that they're not represented it's like their interests their objective interests are not represented by the programs and agendas of the mercantile right and the brahmin left uh the brahmin left was really in france substituted um social democracy for europe uh and europe became the project of the left-wing elite in France in the 80s. And he has a lot to say about that. Like uh, the European Commission and the way the European European Union was designed is profoundly anti-democratic and um, yep. is mm-hmm. all for competition but does not protect workers. You have all these sort of weird... I mean, Zuckman and, and says... You know, in their book about taxing the rich, they're like they they mentioned. You know, the countries that are the biggest uh, tax havens in the world, they're like part of the European Union, and we're talking Luxembourg and Ireland and the Netherlands. Uh, these are countries that are part of the European Union and they have a seat at the table, and they encourage uh, the sort of profit shifting and the hollowing out of the welfare state in other countries. So, this is what the left. In France, in Italy, in Germany, and in Spain, brought about, and even you know the New Labour, like Blair and all that. This is this is what the left brought about. Is and it seems that, and he, he has kind of a, a wistful discussion of why that happened, especially you know once communism failed, because these social democrats were anti-communist. You know, it's the second left, and. Why? Why did not see this? Why didn't they seize upon um, the fall of the Soviet Union and the communist bloc to actually push for more redistribution? Uh, and he says wistfully, "Well, you know, they sort of dropped out because it was like, why do we need to do that since there's not going to be any pressure anymore?" 